Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome in to the early line right here on SportsGrid. I'm Kevin Walsh joined by Donnie Wrightside with an outrageous amount of news to get to. DRS, how you feeling? Feeling good, man. It's a football Friday, a true football Friday. I think I've been saying football Friday for like four weeks in anticipation <laughs> of for finally a real football Friday, and we yeah. got that today. Fun time last night watching everything across the board, Kevin. Major League Baseball, college football. It was a great night, and I'm ready for a big-time weekend. No doubt about it. We will preview the college football slate. We will recap some of the biggest notes from yesterday, but we will begin the 7-7 seven seven headlines with the NBA. No rumors, no questions. Just a surprise deal that sees Donovan Mitchell make his way to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Colin Sexton leads the way with a number of draft picks sent over to Utah, which has shifted the Cavs' odds to win the title as they swoop in and bring Spida to the land. Yeah, getting superstar players and adding them to your roster certainly is a good thing. But the first thing I thought about right away, Kevin, and we'll expound on this more a little bit later in the show, what are the Knicks doing? And I'll just leave it there. It's a question that a lot of people are asking. I <laughs> am not as bothered for this as many Knicks fans are. But again, we have plenty of time to unpack that all. Cleveland going for it. Utah probably with more moves to make. As we mentioned last night, college football week one officially underway. The backyard brawl. Boy, did this deliver. 38-31 pit. Comes away with the victory. A cover really depends when you did your shopping. But for the latecomers there, West Virginia was the side you wanted a piece of. A game that flies over the total and was decided by a pick six on a tipped, dropped pass, Donnie, that Pitt was able to bring back the other way and win the backyard brawl. Yeah, a couple of these marquee games staying right on those lines. Get in at six and a half, cash that ticket. Get in at seven and a half, you're going to lose. Or, of course, you took the smart side and waited it out and took mm -hmm. the seven and a half here with the Mountaineers. But I enjoyed that game thoroughly. And also, let's get back to this. Rivalries are good for sports. There's no reason why these two teams haven't played since 2011. That crowd was fired up. It was an entertaining game all the way through. This should happen each and every year between these two teams. Yeah, that's absolutely one of the bigger takeaways is wanting to see this game as frequently as possible. JT Daniels and Keaton Slovis with big moments for their new programs. One guy who had a big moment after big moment after big moment, even if it's against a bad football team. Spencer Sanders looked like the greatest quarterback of all time. Threw for 406 yards and four touchdowns. Ran for an additional 57 and two touchdowns. Spencer Sanders was outrageous. 
Yeah, he was outrageous, too. And that's what you can do going up against a MAC defense. But I feel like saying Spencer Sanders, can we get comfortable with this, Kevin? Say he's a friend of the show at this point here. He's probably going to get a lot of headlines because of his great work that he did for us last year, cashing in a total. But a great performance out of the gate. Now, also perusing the FanDuel Sportsbook here, he's not the first Spencer Sanders in line right now for the Heisman odds. But maybe that's going to change throughout the year. I tell you what, performances like that not only change the outlook in terms of the Heisman Trophy, but everything as it relates to Oklahoma State. If they get that level of quarterback play, they are going to be knocking on the college football playoff doorstep once again. Quickly, also Penn State-Purdue, a phenomenal game. Penn State with the comeback on the road against the Boilermakers there. A massive way to start their Big Ten season. Our radio audience is here on a Friday morning. Kevin Walsh and Donnie right side with you on the early line. Sirius XM Channel 159. One piece of news that broke yesterday as we were closing out our show was the Russell Wilson extension keeping him in Denver for the foreseeable future. Obviously, this was major news when the trade happened, and now Broncos fans can know that Russ is going to be their guy for the long run. Yeah, nice move also. That new ownership group comes in and shows a true commitment to this football team, saying Russ isn't going anywhere, and we'll have him throughout the rest of his prime. That's what you had to do making that trade from Seattle. It's going to be an interesting season here for the Denver Broncos, but one thing we know for sure is that quarterback's going to be ready to play week one. He's going to be happy with his money. This is the team in Denver that is minus 146 to make the playoffs. Expectations, I think, though, for people in the mile high go beyond that. In other NFL news, Howard Landry, linebacker, edge rusher. It depends where they line him up for Tennessee. Tears his ACL right before we get underway. Likely, of course, to be out for the remainder of the season. This Tennessee Titans team, Donnie, pick minus 110 each direction here when we talk about make missing the playoffs. I'm telling you right now, can you have more? I don't even want to call Kevin a disastrous offseason, but it just feels like things aren't going right for Tennessee this year when you had all those good vibes the past two years. Wide receivers go on replacement. Wide receivers having a tough time stay on the field, and now you lose your top sack guy. Just doesn't feel right down at Tennessee for me, Kevin. Yeah, it's it's been rocky, no doubt about it, but there is still uh, a lot of talent, I think, in various spots of that team. We'll talk about it right now again. Minus 110. Both directions. How about in Major League Baseball? The New York Mets beat the L.A. Dodgers, booked as a dog up against Clayton Kershaw and L.A. Bassett is able to deliver six innings of only two-run ball. The Mets able to get to the bullpen of L.A., take the season series as well over the Los Angeles Dodgers. Yeah, what we think is going to be a preview of the NLCS. And by the way, the bigger takeaway for this game for me, Clayton Kershaw looked pretty good. So maybe down the stretch, he can rebuild some confidence, get into the playoffs and be that true ace that the Dodgers are going to need. And how about everybody's favorite darling, the Baltimore Orioles get it done again, this time beating Shane Bieber on the road. Man, this team is awesome. We'll come right back, talk in college football headlines. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. 
It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Ball dominating the night, and it was with good reason. So many fun games to follow, but the best game of the night was the biggest game of the night, and that was the backyard brawl, number 17 in the country, Pitt up against West Virginia. To see this rivalry back in action was a treat. It again delivered 38. 38- 31 back and forth affair both teams had leads in this game Uh, West Virginia up in this game though in the fourth quarter a fourth and one on pit side of the field ultimately decided to punt and that is where it for a lot of people feels like this all fell apart what was your takeaway from Pitt versus West Virginia Yeah, I guess we can have a famous quote from now. 20 years ago, you play to win the game. Isn't that what you're supposed to do? Like, what has taught us here, Kevin, over the past five years, at least with analytics? And you can't tell me that, oh, analytics aren't in college football. It's only in pro football. The advantages that you have to put the other team away, to keep momentum on your side, we're not asking, Kevin, hey, it's fourth and four from the 50. We didn't want to go for it. We punted. When you have that element to your advantage, you use it here. Because also, Kevin, keep in mind, if you don't get it at that point, it's not like the other team scores an automatic touchdown. So I'm with you on that. But I enjoyed this game thoroughly all the way through. If you're going to give me an opening you know, college football game between two teams where they start out slow in a rivalry game, feel each other out, only three points in the first quarter, and then you have a crescendo by the fourth quarter of 28 total points. It supplied everything from enjoyment for watching TV, for the Pitt Panthers taking a look at saying, we lost Kenny Pickett. Mm-hmm. How are we going to recover from that? Slovis goes for over 308 yards, one touchdown passes, excuse me, one touchdown pass, no interceptions. But also, the one thing that we do like from a handicapping perspective, spread drama all the way through. As you said, Kevin, if you got it at six and a half and you were on pit, you cashed it. If you got it at seven and a half, you got it on the Mountaineers, you cashed that ticket. Was there anybody out there, Kevin, that's watching or listening to the show that middled that game? Ooh, man, break out the champagne bottles. You're a smart man. And there's definitely some people out there who just had the yeah. flat seven either direction. It was like, all right, that was fun to watch, but not uh, not too consequential. I, as far as the decision to punt, that was one of those in real time. I was like, I don't like that. They had a running yeah. back in the game. Not, it was averaging 18 yards per carry. Their running backs yeah. were playing very, very well. And you're the dog. You know you're the dog. You know you're on the road, right? There was mm-hmm. only about six minutes on the clock. Go out and punish them and put this thing away. Scored touchdowns on their two prior drives did West Virginia as well. I'll say the other thing that 
for me, kind of came off of the page here a little bit. As somebody that bet a Keaton Slovis under passing yards, which was a loser, he threw for 308. It was with some big pop plays, though. Usually not the most sustainable level of offense. I'm trying to figure out how much of this game's takeaway should be, hey, maybe West Virginia is better in areas that we anticipated, and maybe Pitt is overrated. Donnie, this game finished with 69 points. This was a total of 51 and a half. Pitt wants to try and go back to an ACC title game through the power of their defense. I certainly did not leave this game impressed by that side of the ball. To be honest with you, I also wasn't all that impressed by the offensive side of the ball. I know they scored 38, but the pick six is certainly the difference in the game. Pitt didn't come off of the page as a top 17 team in the country to me. No, they didn't. And also, you know, Kevin, before the game even started, where you're trying to rack up, where does it make sense? To be honest with you, when you see the initial rankings come out, sometimes you just breeze through it. But if you do the day-to-day analysis and say, where does this pit team wind up? And we talk about losing your offensive coordinator, losing a first-round quarterback, and losing the best wide receiver in football. I was actually surprised to see Pitt still ranked in the top 20. And you saw that slow start, say, man, it's really apparent here. Whipple's not calling these plays. Slovis struggling there. And they had a couple wonky plays in there that gave him you know, extra yardage, as you said, what, maybe two passes that were completed, which totaled for over 100 yards. You can't really rely on that at this point, specifically when you get into conference player play, decent level competition. But I wasn't overly impressed with the Pittsburgh Panthers, but I thought it was a good performance by them. Because keep in mind, all those moving parts, a rivalry game that you haven't played in roughly a decade. Everybody was anticipating this game. So I thought that slow start was a microcosm of the buildup. Hey, look, everything is new here. We're trying to play a team that we haven't played in a while and transition over to our new scheme, if you say. But 38 points mm-hmm. on the board for Pitt. I think it'll get better for the Panthers, but I never viewed them, Kevin, as one of those teams like, boy, they should go out and handle the Mountaineers by 21 points because at the end of the season, they'll be in the top 10. I still don't view them that way. Moving over to the other ranked team that was in action, it was the Oklahoma State Cowboys against Central Michigan. Shout out to the Chippewas for making a team total of 17 and a half. Quite a breeze. 15 in the first half scored on their opening possession of half number two to get over that number. They continued to get over that number. 22 fourth quarter points for Central Michigan, which helped people cover this number here. A big time spread. But the story of this game is Spencer Sanders. 400 and six yards cleared his passing yardage prop at half his passing touchdown prop at one and a half minus 28 188 was juicy but he still threw four of them so really was it juicy enough he added another two touchdowns on the ground a phenomenal performance here for their veteran leader which I think if you're an Oklahoma State fan regardless of the defense you're going up against this is a confidence boost that you need because the defensive side of the ball Donnie is not going to be as good as last year's unit yeah in the 40s in the first half for Oklahoma State and it felt like a coming home party here for Oklahoma State Kevin right last year rely on more of a running game not a high powered offense per se from what you're used to in the past and defense you look what we got here 44 points given up from a Mac football team to a power five school but Oklahoma State the choice always used to be with Gundy was that offense and how to get it moving forward and usually ah oh, nobody plays any defense in the Big 12 you have to score it was good to see Oklahoma State drop 58 points but it's a nice confidence boost also you talk about Sanders he threw 41 times in there over 400 yards passing you know running backs did their thing through only actually only had 3.9 yards per carry throughout that game but they were dominant all the way through but also a counter side point here 
Mac football, if you're taking something away from this football game, don't just look at that final score. Look at the fact that Central Michigan went on the road. Now, they've actually had some success against Oklahoma State in the past, but they go on the road and drop 44 points. And I know, Kevin, you were hyping up what they had the chance to do from a running back position and a quarterback position mm-hmm. before this game. Yeah. 17 and a half points at the FanDuel Sportsbook to cash in a team total. They get 44. That's as good as it gets. No doubt, and but and their defense is that bad. I I I think their totals in the MAC might sit in the seventies. Truly, like, and that's going to be. I mean, we had a hundred and two points in the game, so yeah. the number just continue to fly over there. Certainly, a good point by you. I'll say this on Spencer Sanders here. Not only was he obviously phenomenal in this game, but the last time we saw Spencer Sanders, it felt like a little bit of a different quarterback. Now it was against Notre Dame in the Fiesta Bowl. Threw for four touchdowns in that game, no interceptions, 371 passing yards, and added on 125 rush yards in the game. It's now two games in a row where he's tallying 450-plus yards of offense, four passing touchdowns. It's something that we're going to have to be following here because if he is, Spencer Sanders, going to be an actual Heisman-level quarterback, then Oklahoma State is going to surprise some. And a shout-out to Joe Lisi, who was certainly high on that team coming into the season. Quickly, Donnie, last night, Purdue, Penn State, another fantastic game. A great start to the Big Ten season there in a head-to-head matchup uh, between those two for week number one slate. Uh, All in all, I think they were close. Penn State just made one extra play. Yeah, they did. And it was an entertaining game all the way through. And this is what you love about college football. Well, some of the interesting parts of college football in 2022. Kevin, two quarterbacks, 24 years old. They seem like they've been around since like 1985. But yet, when you watch a Penn State football game, if you're a true Penn State fan, you're watching this go, come on, man. We still got this quarterback back again. And yet, here we go, Kevin. At the end of the football game, when it means the most, Sean Clifford provided what you needed. It'll be a roller coaster ride for Penn State this season. But again, another game that was truly entertaining just to sit back watch with some spread drama over the course of four quarters maybe both teams flashed their strengths and weaknesses at the highest level two really fun teams for us to follow we pause on college football and we go to the nba donovan mitchell is the cat that's next sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com across america bp supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing jobs like building grid scale solar energy in ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, 
<laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Welcome back into the early line on a Friday morning. A lot of stuff going on. It's Donnie right side. It's Kevin Walsh right here on Sirius XM Channel 159 on the grid. Now, we do want to step away from the gridiron. Boy, we got a lot of gridiron talk for the rest of the show. But big news goes down. You know what I get a kick out of this, Kevin? Every time, because we're always on our phone, right? Whether in front of the TV or going around. I'm actually in the car, and I get the update that Donovan Mitchell has been traded. And I don't even think about, like, the ramifications, like, around. I just think of your response where it's almost like you probably have to put your phone down and scream, open up your door, and scream out front, <laughs> the NBA is making moves. I got to go live. So I need your thoughts immediately here. This is a massive move where we might have thought Donovan Mitchell was headed to New York, but he's headed to Cleveland. Let's talk ramifications about the move from the Utah Jazz shipping him over to the Cleveland uh, Cavaliers. You and I just missed out on this being a phenomenal moment on Moneyline, which would have led to uh, a ton of screaming and excitement around a surprising deal. Did we know that the Cavs were kicking the tires? Yes, that's actually one thing I felt like we did a good job of kind of always referencing that there were others making the call. Washington and Charlotte we had referenced. It was teams beyond the New York Knicks. What I thought we would have been able to get though was hey there's increased talks here there was no there was none of that right it was just he is on Cleveland a stunning move because it felt like the Knicks were the front runners with a lot of distance here we found out some really interesting aspects of the Knicks jazz deal but really the most pressing thing is what does this mean for Cleveland and it now is a team that has a completely different ceiling than they did before. This is a group that had two team, two guys make an all-star team last year in Darius Garland and Jared Allen. You had a guy that was a rookie of the year candidate the entire way in Evan Mobley and very well has enough talent to emerge as an all-star. And then now you bring in Donovan Mitchell, who is an all-star. It, it's really, Donnie, a sneaky loaded roster in terms of what's going to be put forward from the starting lineup, and obviously that's going to add to your depth. There's a couple of areas they're going to need guys to make leaps. They're probably going to need Evan Mobley in his sophomore season to be defensive player of the year level. But can this team win 50-plus games and compete for a top-four seed in the Eastern Conference? 100 Percent, And when that becomes true, Donnie, an entirely young core now, right? I think Donovan Mitchell's the oldest of this group. When you talk about Mobley, Allen, Garland, and himself, you give up three first-round picks. You, you anticipate the two pick swaps are never going to convey. You do not need Colin Sexton if you bring in Donovan Mitchell. For the Cavs, when you look at what they gave up and what they got back, this really felt like a no-brainer. Now, what pushed this over the top here for the Cleveland Cavaliers? Because it doesn't feel like, for me, like we were actually including Cleveland all that much in a possible landing mm -hmm. destination. Or at least if we were, it wasn't in that, let's just say, top three. The Knicks all along, it just felt like, and forget it from even a Knicks fan perspective, it just felt like they were trying to massage some things. We're going to hold firm on a draft pick. What actually pushed this over with Utah Jazz? Like, you know what? Enough negotiation. This is the best deal we're going to get. It's from the Cleveland squad as opposed to the New York Knicks. Yeah, it's a really good question. I think the seven, eight draft picks that they were going to be able to take away from the New York Knicks was probably a bit exaggerated. 
when all things are considered. But I think this sneaky aspect of this DRS is the world where the Utah Jazz valued Colin Sexton. Colin Sexton has been in the NBA for only four seasons. He's averaged 20-plus points in two of those. Yet he averaged 24 points per game. He's only 23 years old. Upon this deal, they immediately extended him for a four-year contract, $72 million. And that, I think, might have been the edge. Because there were some people who, you know, we talk about, oh, could R.J. Barrett have been dealt in this conversation? And again, there, there's aspects of that that has been reported. But Emmanuel quickly... I don't think maybe was as enticing as Colin Sexton. It's a Utah team that wanted clearly a younger foundational piece. And I think they might have believed that's what they were able to secure in Colin Sexton. Makes it a really interesting move for Utah because they have a lot more moves that they're going to have to make now if they're looking to go full tank. Their updated win total, very, very low. Sub 30 suggests they are going for a full tank here, but I really think the difference maker, Donnie, might have just been Colin Sexton. Yeah, let's move forward to some of these betting angles here because the upcoming season now gets very interesting, Kevin, particularly in the Eastern Conference. If we take a look at the FanDuel Sportsbook and list the Eastern Conference odds, obviously you still have the Boston Celtics at a plus 270 price, the Milwaukee Bucks plus 330, the Brooklyn Nets seemingly keeping everybody intact at a plus 360, Heat at 8 to 1, Sixers at plus 850, and then the Cleveland Cavaliers had 18-1 to 1 to win the Eastern Conference. Talk to me about some of these odds shifting around in the Eastern Conference here in the NBA. Yeah, I mean, you look right now, the Cavs have jumped up to the sixth-best odds overall in the conference. Now, a decent amount of room from them in the top five. The Sixers at the fifth-best odds. They are plus 850. The Cavs at 18-1. to 1. I think the Cavs have a very good chance to crack that top four, honestly, when we talk about best records in the Eastern Conference. Because the Nets, the Heat, and the Sixers all feel like injury candidates there where one thing breaks wrong and your regular season record does not live up to your future status. And if Cleveland is able to secure a first-round home matchup, I think right there you could argue an 18-to-1 price does present some value. That is where you are seeing major movement. But really, I do think, you know, one of the more substantial things is now the new Utah Jazz number. 26 and a half for an over-under wins here, the RS, because of this Donovan Mitchell trade. But they still have Mike Conley in the building. They still have Bogdan Bogdanovich in the building. Still with Jordan Clarkson, who's ultimately going to have to see whether he fits this roster or not. If all of these guys stay around, Utah, I don't anticipate being a bottom five team. I think there's worse basketball teams out there. It suggests, though, that there are a couple of contenders who will now have an opportunity to add some very key pieces if Utah is going to continue to sell off, which I think they will. By the way, you take a look at the Utah Jazz, sort of setting up similarly to me, at least for OKC, where you say, how many picks can we actually have and turn these picks into gold, where maybe you can open it up and get yourself a dominant free agent, not a free agent, but trade for a guy that maybe on the end of his yeah. contract that you can extend, you can offer multiple first-round draft picks. So it'll be interesting to see where one of those, you know, decades or should I say years and years where Utah's been really competitive they're clearly looking mm -hmm. to build for the future we'll see if it works out in their direction now the one question I do want to bring up also is obviously we could talk Utah Jazz and what they're going to be but I, I just feel like the New York Knicks 
And this is something that we've always beat home. Now, granted, Donovan Mitchell wasn't a free agent, right? He had to be traded and moved to a different team. So it wasn't as he couldn't just pick up the phone and say, I want to go to the New York Knicks and want to play there. But the narrative still fits here. Everybody wants to be in New York until they just have a time to go to New York and can't force their way to New York, and they're okay with it. So who knows to say if Donovan Mitchell was behind the scenes saying, the only place I want to go is to New York. I'm not going to accept any trade, no extensions. I don't want to go anywhere but New York, sort of forcing your way there. What's left for the Knicks here? What is the Knicks' future, or maybe just the 2022 season here? So the follow-up report from Adrian Wojnarowski was at the start of July, the Knicks offered Mm -hmm. R.J. Barrett, Obi Toppin, Mitchell Robinson, and three unprotected first-round picks. I think there are a lot of Knicks fans that if that deal was done, would have been furious with the Knicks. There's no way they just traded RJ. Wasn't the plan to pair Donovan Mitchell with RJ Barrett. What are they doing? And why ultimately the Utah Jazz were unmoved by that? I think they probably saw the Knicks make that kind of an offer in July and said, I can't wait to see what they offer us in August. But this is why I actually think the Knicks did well for themselves here. Here's the offer. Ah, that's not good enough. Fine, we're extending Mitchell Robinson. He's off the table. All right, one more time. Here's the offer. Nah, we we need 40 first-round picks. Fine, we're extending R.J. Barrett, kick rocks. We don't need to do this. Because here's the thing for me, the Knicks did not need to do this. Let's just pretend right now that the Knicks were able to get this deal done. R.J. Barrett and a bunch of first-round picks go out and Donovan Mitchell comes in. Are you and I sitting here today talking about the New York Knicks winning an NBA championship? Are you and I sitting here talking about the New York Knicks being a top four team in the Eastern Conference? I don't think so. I don't think anybody is. No, we're probably talking now instead about how did the Knicks make this deal? My goodness. Jazz, robbery, robbery, robbery. I think the Knicks did well for themselves here. There's too many question marks coming into this season for me. Let's see what year four of R.J. Barrett looks like with the new contract extension. Let's see what Jalen Brunson does with that increased workload, Donnie. Hey, let's see if Julius Randle can figure it out. And let's see how quickly they fire Tom Thibodeau. Because I don't know if he's a part of the decision-making there, but we heard rumors that he would have rather traded R.J. Barrett than, say, someone like Quinton Grimes. I mean, he would have traded for Donovan Mitchell and benched him for the entirety of the fourth quarter because Derrick Rose would have gone on a heater. There's too many question marks for me on the Knicks to make a deal like this. I think Knicks fans should actually be happy this morning. Yeah, 75 to 1 right now at the FanDuel Sportsbook to win the Eastern Conference for the Knicks. So certainly a market drop-off. But quick thoughts here to wrap it up on the Cleveland Cavaliers. Yeah. Can they surprise? Can they make a run in the East when it comes to playoff time here? I think so it's, it's gonna be relative. But I would tell you this: I definitely think this team could make their way to a conference finals appearance. They're going to need some guys to step up there, but Donovan Mitchell feels like a top 15-ish player. Evan Mobley Mobley feels like he has an ability to turn into a top 15-ish player. Darius Garland splashed last year, and the ability to really change the look for your opponent by having two seven-footers in Jared Allen and Evan Mobley that are rim-protecting for you in your starting lineup changes the nature of every matchup you walk into. Cleveland definitely can surprise. We're in September. The NBA season is right around the corner. But you know what else? Next week, the Denver Broncos and Russell Wilson under center. What happens to them? Do they make the playoffs? Come on back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 
BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Live with you on Sports Grid. This is the early line. Moving it over to the NFL. There's so much going on here in the sports world, but I did not want to possibly on a football Friday miss out on some NFL discussion. And that Russell Wilson extension provides us an opportunity, not maybe to get into the intimate contract details, but look at Russ heading into the season. But because I am a good friend and a good co-host, I will tee Donnie up for one piece of Russell Wilson contract talk that has nothing to do with Russell Wilson, and it's, of course, the implications on Lamar Jackson. I know you hit this topic a lot during yesterday's Listen Up, but as you sit here, you see the Russell Wilson deal. More or less optimistic that Lamar Jackson will be signed and extended by the Ravens before the season begins. I'm more optimistic at this point now because I think if you're taking a look at the whole of what Lamar Jackson was probably fighting for, Kevin, was look at what the Sean Watson got. That's what I want. And you had two massive quarterback deals come down the pike, Kevin, right? You take a look at Kyler Murray in Arizona, wasn't fully guaranteed. And then you take a look at Russell Wilson, not fully guaranteed. So that might be an extra little arrow here for the Baltimore Ravens. But I think that'll also help out and say that was a one-off deal for Watson. Nobody else is getting that. Come to the table. We're going to pay you a lot of money. Let's get this season underway. Yeah, I think this is a spot where it's good for all parties involved, right? You look at the Kyler deal. You look at the Russ deal. If Lamar truly wanted his money fully guaranteed, which, by the way, I believe he himself is debunking on Twitter. But even if that was the case, there is not a precedent for that beyond the the Deshaun Watson deal. However, you are seeing... Huge money being offered up to both of those quarterbacks. And I think Lamar Jackson has a pretty good chance to land in between those numbers. Maybe the same number as a Russell Wilson age, different things factoring in. I feel a little more optimistic that those two sides will reach a contract extension before they play against the New York Jets next Sunday. But as far as Russ goes, again, Donnie, the expectation is this team's going to go to the playoffs. But not by a ton. They're a minus 146 favorite to do so. That's because they're priced as the third best team in their own division with the Chiefs and the Chargers in front of them. Let's take a look at the Russ-specific numbers, though. Passing touchdowns, 31.5. Yards, 40. 
and a half. We even have an interception number on Russ. Nine and a half. He is 14 to one to an MVP this season. Of these Russ numbers, which one is the most appetizing to you? I got to tell you, uh, two of them here. If we take a look at number one, the passing touchdowns, I do think makes some sense. So we'll start with that one here. If you date back to 2017, non-injury seasons, Kevin, like you had last year, yeah. 34 touchdown passes, 35, 31, 40. Last year at 25. Now, obviously hurting the you know finger, coming back a little bit rusty, not a great football team, only finished with 25. I think he gets there in that realm. Now, different regime, new town, maybe it changes a little bit, but I don't think so. I think that performance is going to be there. The yards at over 4,000, he should eclipse that as well but I'm actually a little bit more in tune with him throwing touchdown passes to get over 32 to cash in that ticket as I am for throwing over 4,000 yards the interceptions here sitting at nine and a half so obviously we know if he throws 10 then that is going to be a loser winner depending on whatever you pick but if we look at the last four seasons as well or five seasons seven interceptions five interceptions 13 interceptions six interceptions he's not a big interception guy so I look at that as going to under the total as well but how about this that MVP mm-hmm. award here at 14 to 1, he's in one of those spaces where if Russell Wilson just stayed in Seattle, yeah, it's Russ. He dominates. What do you want from us? Yep. We'll look at him as MVP. But if he moves over to the Denver Broncos and they win the AFC West, and Russell Wilson is the reason that you're going to win the AFC West, I think you get a little bit more points on the bulletin board in order to get that done. So I like that 14 to 1 as well. There's a lot to like about Russell Wilson. It's hard to really say to yourself, oh, I don't like Russ this season. As long as he's healthy and he's happy now with that big contract, we're expecting big things here. And I think he does some damage in some of those props. I think the passing touchdown number of the ones that are listed there is, to me, the most interesting because I think there's going to be a ton of games where Russ throws three touchdown passes. We talk about target player props here. I cannot wait to see what they hang his passing touchdown prop at against the Seattle Seahawks. If it's probably going to be one and a half with high level juice, it still might be worth it. And I think if it's two and a half the plus price, again, it still might be worth it. Russell Wilson is here to throw the ball. That is the, the that is to me the belief. I actually do believe to a degree he didn't want to leave Seattle, but I think it became clear and obvious to him that he had to leave Seattle. And while Metcalf and Lockett is a one-two punch to wide receiver position that we are incredibly high on as you know a football public, Corlin Sutton and Jerry Judoff is not some catastrophic drop off by any stretch of the imagination here. So that 14 to 1 to an MVP, Donnie, we talk about, right, you know, crystal ball effect. If you tell me that the Broncos win this division, I would bet MVP Russell Wilson and I'll live with the results of it. Because while this award, right, you want it, you have to probably be one of the two best seeds ultimately, right? In your conference, you're going to have to have major, major statistical, you know, jumping off points. But the narrative of Russ showing up to Denver, leading an elite offense and bringing them to the postseason and potentially unseating Kansas City in that division, if they are able to do that, his 14 to 1 is incredibly live. Yes, it certainly is. And also, it's incredibly live because you're looking at a conference that is going to have elite quarterback play, which means you better step up your quarterback play, which means if you do step it up, Kevin, 
That's a lot of yardage you're going to accumulate. You take a look at the Kansas City Chiefs. Who are you going up against? Patrick Mahomes? Doesn't sound like a 13-10 battle between the Chiefs and the Denver Broncos. How about you take a look at the Chargers? Justin Herbert, a quarterback. The guy that's supposed to be the next guy, the great quarterback in the NFL. You're not going to go 13-10 with him. And the same thing about the Vegas Raiders. Carr and that offense, they are loaded for a bear, mm-hmm. ready to score points. So I love the fact that he winds up in this division where it's not three yards in a cloud of dust. You want to win football games, Kevin. You better be putting up 25-plus points each and every week just to have a chance, which means that Russell Wilson, through four quarters, he's going to be able to cu- accumulate some statistics here. So everything's on. And also, when you talk about moving to a new team, Injured last year, so they're still like, oh, Russell Wilson a little bit washed here. We heard those, right? When he came back, oh, ball doesn't look as crisp when he throws it. You know Russell Wilson heard that through all of the offseason and certainly working out a little bit harder, taking the time to ingratiate himself around the team a little bit more. He's going to have a really good season for the Denver Broncos. There's no question about that. You know, the FanDuel Sportsbook has an odds boost in the futures market up right now. Give me a boost on NAFC West quarterback. To an MVP, make it make it big, but I would be interested in that. I, whoever wins that mm. division is going to feel like they can yeah. really, really enter that conversation with a unique angle. As we shifted over to the other big news of yesterday, which was Howard Landry tearing the ACL, we also heard, heard Tennessee Titans news involving restructuring the Derrick Henry contract. This is a team that was the number one seed last season, a twelve and five record in the AFC. Check in this year at a pick. Coin flip, minus 110 both directions as it pertains to making or missing the playoffs. It's a hard group to get a read on because the A.J. AJ Brown absence feels big and the Traylon Burks replacement feels like it has not worked. And the public on Ryan Tannehill is very low with good reason, despite the fact that he and Tennessee during the regular season since he has been there has been a pretty reliable quarterback. What he put up against the Cincinnati Bengals in that playoff game has soured people on him in a major way and is a reason why I believe Malik Willis will be breathing down his neck all season long. What are you thinking as we're getting closer to kickoff here about the Tennessee Titans entering the season? Yeah, it's almost like what's happening with the rest of the division where you're feeling much, much better if you thought or you already bet the Indianapolis Colts. Because, Kevin, it just gets back to the point. You know they're going to be well-coached during the season. This is an organization that's not used to putting out clunkers season after season. Like, they've got it going on. But the offseason just didn't go in their direction. If you're trying to tell me, and I know you can't do this now, A.J. Brown never gets traded here, right? You match him up with Woods on the opposite side. Hey, look at that, man. Formidable passing game here, along with maybe the best running back in the NFL. Ryan Tannehill can fit in where he needs to, right? Hey, you need me to roll out and throw passes off a play action? Everybody's going to be wide open because they think I'm handing it off to King Henry, but I do have some dominant wide receivers down the field. And you take a look at Landry. If he doesn't get injured, that's a really good pass rush that the Tennessee Titans have going on and also one of the best safety combinations in the league. So I say, where do I sign up? It's going to be a good team, but it just feels like, Kevin, nothing is going right. You know, we could try to use another NFL team under the same guys, the Dallas Cowboys. 
Like, where's the excitement here for the Tennessee Titans heading into the season? For a team that was very good last year, it seems like they're ready to take a step back. For a Dallas Cowboys team that ran away with the NFC East, make a couple moves, keep some of your talent, you'd have those same vibes back. It just doesn't feel to me that this is a complete team right now. So you're looking at the price of a plus 170 here to win the AFC South. Just like two weeks ago, hey, you know what? They should be able to win this and really challenge. I'm not getting those same Mm -hmm. feelings anymore. And again, you already lost the top defensive end. The injuries don't turn off, Kevin. So now all of a sudden, your depth is now at a disadvantage. And I think one of the changes for the Titans, right, or whomever anybody anticipates being the best team in this division is the idea that you will be able to just run over and bulldoze that bottom two in Houston and Jacksonville. But I think the Jags are going to be better. And, and, you know, it seems like you think the Texans can surprise people, be scrappy in spots. Because I bet you there's a lot of people, Donnie, you know, the the old, all right, pick every game. All right, win, win, loss, win, loss. I bet you most people would come away and have the Titans 5-1 and in division, right? Split it up with the Colts, sweep the Jags, and go out there and sweep the Texans. Yeah. That's not how this is going to play out. I don't see it playing out this way. And you look at their win total right now is a a 9.5. Very juiced to the under at minus 160. Projected as favorites right now in only eight of their 17 football games. You're not making the playoffs in the AFC, I promise you, under 500. And I'm not sure if nine wins is going to be enough to get it done this year for the Tennessee Titans. It just feels like things have changed way too much for Tennessee. Let me ask you this because I think the Malik Willis It's going to be something to follow depending on the results that they put up here. This is a group with an earlier bye week than most. It comes week six. They're home against the Giants. They're at Buffalo, home versus the Raiders, at the Colts, and then at the Washington Commanders. So three road games, a dog at Washington, maybe depends. Vegas is going to be close at home. Don, if I tell you that they are two and three in those first five games with a loss at Washington... Do we start to hear Malik Willis chatters over the bye week? We, we, we will, but I don't think that change is going to be made. You still have a veteran guy that's been there, done that, won a lot of football games for that franchise. I don't think you go to Malik Willis until you figure that it's the last straw. Like, the season is already gone. There's no salvaging it. Let's see what a young kid has. That's just the way I feel about it. But also, when you take a look at Ryan Tannehill, he doesn't have the if, – if you just load the box, you put nine in the box every play and stop Derrick Henry. Ryan Tannehill's not the type of guy that's going to beat you deep downfield without a top wide receiver. My goodness. What's happening it's down there? Ju- Look, they were hoping that Traylon Burks was going to come in and be A.J. Brown, and I think they've realized <laughs> that it's harder to replace a guy of that talent level than perhaps they anticipated. We've got a lot of Major League Baseball preview coming up in our number two, but we want to make a point on one headline from last night's baseball board. We'll close out our one next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. 
See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Closing out hour number one with a look at yesterday's baseball board. The biggest game was the Mets and the Dodgers. We looked at this one here on the show, and to me, the number was a bit disrespectful to the New York Mets. At home, Bassett against Kershaw. I understand that Clayton Kershaw has had himself a nice year. First time out there in about a month, was only able to give him five innings, and guess what? Made the difference. They hit up that bullpen, the New York Mets. This is a good baseball team. And here's the thing. It expands just, you know, a little bit beyond just last night. These two teams played seven games. The Mets won four of those games. They outscored the Dodgers only by three. It's narrow. I'm not pretending that they went out here and ran away with it, Donnie. But we're trying to figure out, oh, the Dodgers, you know, kind of booked with a bit of separation from the New York Mets. They show up to their building. They're booked as a road favorite multiple times. The Dodgers should be World Series favorites because they have home field advantage. But the idea that they are markedly better than the New York Mets, I have rejected before this season began, and I continue to push aside that notion. Yeah, even with the Mets win last night, Kevin, at the FanDuel Sports, we could take a look at the National League outright betting markets. Still the Dodgers at a plus 145 price and the Mets at a plus 240 price. This is going to be a sensational NLCS, which is what we're anticipating it to be. We'll see if they can hold up. But if you're a Mets backer, you got to feel pretty good with winning that season series. And you also have to feel equally as good that DeGrom and Scherzer are healthy, at least for the time being. No doubt about it. The New York Mets. I mean, how many teams are going to win the season series against the Los Angeles Dodgers? I think the list is like the Pirates Mets and the Pirates, Pirates. right? The Pirates are, are the other team, man. Somebody sneaked that group into an NLCS playoff. Uh, quickly, did anything else on the baseball board catch your eye last night? Uh, just overall, I, Baltimore beating Cleveland. That's a big one. So yeah, they were found themselves, yeah. what, three games out just a few short days ago, down to one and a half at getting that last wild card spot. Here come the Orioles again. Spencer Strider, eight innings, two hits, no walks, a Braves record, 16 strikeouts, mm. perhaps the performance that locks up NL Rookie of the Year for the Braves' potential ace heading into the postseason. Hour number two of Previewing the Baseball Board. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.